Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to episode 161 of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. And you're jacked up, I can tell already. You've got this big grin on your face. You're very excited because we're going to talk about data today, Mr. Data, Mr. Commission Man, which, by the way, to your credit, you haven't mentioned it in three weeks, so good on you for keeping your Commission on Evidence-Based Policymaking in your pocket. Well, that is not going to be true for this episode. I'm not Mr. Data, but we do have Mr. Data on the program. Well, see, that's why I figured I'd just break it out now, because I knew it was coming at some point during this conversation. He was the boss of the Commission on Evidence-Based Policymaking. He ran the whole thing. Did he call you commission? Well, let's just ask him. Nick Hart of the Data Foundation is here, along with Tracy Jones, experience manager for Grant Thornton. Welcome to both of you. Nick, do you call him commissioner? Because if you do, I might just have to drop you off this call right now. I just don't think I could take it. Yeah, still to this day, Commissioner Shea, it's the only thing to call him. All right. Well, it's been, right. it's been great to talk to you, Nick. Thanks very much for coming on. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's just incorrigible about this whole commissioner thing, Nick. So you encouraging him isn't helpful. Um, it is great to talk to you, though, seriously. Nick and Tracy, you're here because you're digging into, again, the work that chief data officers are doing across government. Nick, um, what are the trends that you're seeing, uh, not necessarily in the responses that you're getting, but in the conversations that you're having, in the policy that you see being made, and so on, uh, regarding data all across government? Well, the good news is there is just an incredible amount of energy and enthusiasm happening in government for using data. Uh, chief data officers are still a pretty new role, uh, only required in most agencies just for a couple of years now. But the fact that agencies now have this capacity and are putting it to good use is a great sign that we're in a place for using data that we've never been before. And I think if you are looking for signals of how this administration even is approaching the issue, you have to look no further than a memo President Biden released on January 27th that is probably the highest level presidential statement we've ever seen other than the law being signed to say chief data officers have a major role to play in scientific integrity and how we're making decisions in government. So that's just a long way to say there's a lot of enthusiasm. There's a lot of actual action happening happening at the same time. You, in addition to playing a leadership role in the Commission on Evidence-Based Policymaking and enactment of the Foundations for Evidence-Based Policymaking Act, you have your fingers in a lot of things, Nick. One of them is the Advisory Committee on Data for Evidence Building. So that was required under the law, and it's got responsibilities. Where does it fit in what's going on in improving data governance in the federal government. Yeah, the advisory committee is a really fascinating opportunity that's being led by uh, OMB and the Department of Commerce, uh, chaired by Imelda Rivers, who's over at the National Science Foundation. And it's specifically looking at ways to better share and link government data. So actually building on the recommendations of the Evidence Commission will hopefully lead us into this idea of having a national secure data service. But this committee is about so much more than that. It's, it's representative of chief data officers, 
chief information officers, evaluation officials, academic expertise, privacy experts. And what that should signal to the listeners is that there's a very intentional effort happening in government today to bring together silos that have just existed for uh, eternity when it comes to using data. And we're, we're now meaningfully bridging those silos, bringing the CXOs together and uh, solving some of these wicked challenges that the government faces. So the advisory committee or ACDEB as, as I call it. Seriously? Uh, ac- it's, That's everything's a terrible acronym. acronym. Yeah, we need to work on that. I didn't, I didn't make it up. As someone who's not in government, Nick, I agree with Robert. That is a terrible acronym. Tracy, welcome. <laughs> I'm glad you're on with us. Um, and as uh, a member of the Grant Thornton team, my condolences to you on having to listen to the commissioner talk about his commission stuff all the time. Are you going to pull in the rower, Francis? The what? In the background? The rower in the back? Is that what, what, What's going on in the background there, Tracy? Is that my rower? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I row sometimes. So you can probably, but it stands up, so you can you can just see an edge of it. That's why I'm a terrible interviewer because I I forgot we were a podcast and not video. Yeah, this is you said that out loud, by the way. That, Sorry, uh, okay. probably you mute. thought it was just in your mind, right? You weren't on mute. Tracy, I mentioned customer experience as part of your role. That's maybe the most heavily data driven. Uh, sector in the federal government today. Um, Customer experience uh, officers all across government rely on data to do their jobs. What are you learning about the work that they're doing and the data that they need and the quality of the data that they have, any of that, um, as you start to get out and talk to folks? So that's a really interesting question. I'm mostly talking to data officers, although I have a a role on two projects where we're dealing, dealing with like customer experience. Um, I mean, it's definitely a, a huge effort right now everywhere. The reaching out across across to customers, across the components, reaching out across agencies and having those conversations, it's definitely growing. How is it growing? What do folks want? What access to information do they want that they don't have? What do they want more of what they already are getting? That kind of thing. Well, I think the expectations are changing on all sides. So I think you're seeing stakeholders being like they're expecting to be involved in the data gathering process and how the data is being used and how it's being talked about. There's an expectation that information is going to be shared with them much more regularly and before it's shared with, you know, with other with other stakeholders or with the public. So I feel like the the, just the expectations from the stakeholders is changing drastically, and that's forcing, I think, government to continue to change and to grow how it how it engages with them. Um, and that engagement effort, I see growing in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, as it, as like in a few agencies that I work with, as you're working on you know different strategies or aspects of the government govern, governance, they're much more likely now to reach out and have those conversations and have um a lot more facilitation and then also getting survey responses and putting content out there for early review um i'm seeing a lot more of that like in this last year than i was seeing before and i think that's just kind of a testament to a few things one just the growing awareness of the value of data and how it is now you know leading so much of our conversations and how you know but then also i think how the federal data strategy handled how it navigated conversations around the data and the building of a strategy also kind of changed the perspective of how people should be involved in these conversations. So that that tells me that we're really moving 
to a much more practical application of these principles. We've we've always known there been there's been data available and it's been used, but this looks like a much broader application, broader practical application of these principles. Is that what we're seeing? Is this really maturing as the way it sounds, Nick? I would say absolutely. Uh, we're, we're no longer just talking about some of these ideas in the abstract. We're, we're watching agencies, the chief data officers, even line managers get their hands dirty with the data that in some cases has just been locked up for a long time. The pandemic really isolated this uh, and highlighted this as a, as a major feature. In fact, uh, the research that we've done uh, about three quarters of the CDOs who responded to our survey suggested that the pandemic was helpful for them in, in bringing more data analytics to bear in their agencies. And I think that's a major theme that we're seeing, uh, you know, not to say that the pandemic was good for, for any, th any reason, but when it comes to using data, it did highlight that we, we need things in a much faster pace, a much faster clip than we've historically been able to do. Uh, we have some data systems in government that were never designed for daily reporting. And yet over the last year, that's exactly what we use them for. And if that doesn't highlight the need to not just fund the infrastructure, but fund the analytical capability, I, I don't know how much more clearly we can send that signal. Uh, and it's happening. Uh, the CDOs are being really innovative in identifying resources. The Chief Data Officer Council even has convened a, a, a group to tackle some of these issues around COVID. So we're, we're really organizing around the, these principles and, and making it real. Tracy, the organization that Nick's talking about there, what does that look like inside the agencies? How are they doing that? Or how are they at least starting to think about doing that organizing of the data? I'll, I'll definitely talk to that. I will just say in the research that we recently did, if you, if you look back in 2020, a lot of the conversations that the CDOs were having were with, uh, with the CIOs. And now 90% are having daily, weekly conversations with their business, with their business owner, with different people out in the field in the business. And I think that speaks to a lot of that engagement. Um, so what I'm seeing now in a few of the agencies that I work in is this reaching out, uh, scheduling and getting people together across the different offices and components to work on different standards, data standards, metadata, data lineage, um, all these different things, which are very like technical and dirty. And it's not really like necessarily the fun things that you need to do. But if you're thinking about it in terms of a person, like you have to do all those, those nitty gritty financial things, getting your will together, getting all your contracts together in order to have a, you know, a really healthy system and it's the same for and it's the same for that like i feel like they're going to be differentiating themselves in the future the ones that are doing that and i'm acting i'm seeing that in at least two of the three agencies that i'm working at right now mm -hmm. nick you mentioned the pandemic it has highlighted a lot of inadequacies in the data we have to track anything but one of the things it's both highlighted inequity generally but also inadequacies in our ability to track inequity. One of the major priorities of this administration is to improve equity, but they also have a special committee on equity data. Um, I don't think I got that name right, but give me your perspective, yours too, Tracy, on how all of that is going to accelerate the maturity of our uh, data framework. 
Well, it's it's an organizing concept for solving for many data problems that we've known about, right? So that the data equity working group that's established under the executive order brings together chief data officers along with a number of other data experts and agencies, in some cases that have really good data uh, on the disparities and the analytics that we want to, to be able to review, but in other cases, highlighting areas where we know we need new, new data collection or data linkage. And I think one of the core challenges that still has to be addressed is how do you actually get the information to analyze disparities? So if you want to analyze by race, ethnicity, or income stratification, that requires access to really sensitive data. In some cases, information that we may not collect just as government does its normal course of business. So how do we ensure that researchers can answer those important questions about even where the disparities are? And Robert, you mentioned the Advisory Committee on Data for Evidence Building. This is, to me, one of the major things that that group can contribute and an area that I think we all have a responsibility to advance is ensuring that we can ethically and responsibly securely have the data that are necessary for those analytics, but without introducing risks of new harms. To me, headline way to solve that problem, create a national secure data service. You just need to wind neck up and let him go. I'm deeply passionate about this. It's so important. But I agree with you 100%. Right. You know I agree with you 100%. <laughs> Talk about the prospects for the national secure data service. Uh, well, there is recent legislation filed uh, by Congressman Bayer from Virginia uh, in the House uh, just My back. congressman, by the way. Yeah, My er congressman. Early May, uh, the day after it was filed, it was attached to the House bill that reauthorizes the National Science Foundation. So there's real momentum and progress here. And if that happens, it will be a major asset for analyzing disparities across the whole host of government policies and programs. So I think the prospects are, are very good. Uh, nothing is ever certain when it comes to Congress, but uh, I think this is a good moment and a really solid use case for why, why we need a data service. Tracy, Robert wanted you to weigh in on that idea too, and Nick got so carried away, and Robert got geeked out because he ran, no, I love it. He ran the commission, I, no, I, and I, I wanted to make sure you got a chance to answer. No, it's so exciting, and I, I think Nick's answer is fabulous. I mean, on the ground in, in agencies, I can say they are talking about it. And in fact, we've been sharing demos back and forth of things that we can share where agencies are trying to figure out, okay, how do we layer our data over other data in order to get more insight into equity? Um, and what are states doing to look at equity? Because they're using different data sources. And so I have seen those discussions starting to take place. So I think the type of, so what Nick's talking about would definitely be like a huge next step because I think what I'm saying, this like effort to do it alone is going to be impossible. Like you need that type of secure data center for that. I have one more question before we wrap up and it's for Nick. During the deliberations of the Commission on Evidence-Based Policymaking, what was the dumbest thing that Robert said? We don't, it's a short podcast. We don't have time for that. No, I didn't, I didn't yeah. say what's the whole list of all the dumb <laughs> things Robert said. I said, what's the dumbest thing that he said? I mean, Francis, I, I hate to burst your bubble here, but uh, Robert is incredibly knowledgeable about these issues and was so incredibly fantastic to work with on oh, the commission. Geez. We We could not have been successful uh, without Robert's input and advice and strategic thinking. So... I'm sorry to say it. I can think of nothing dumb that Robert said. It only it was only for the better. But I will point out, Francis, on this podcast, he did ask about the rower standing up behind me. Oh, that's a good point. That's a great point, Tracy. I think in my opinion, Tracy, you just won the podcast. And not just for today. 
for all of the other 160 episodes, you win. I love it. I frankly thought Nick won it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, um, seriously, thanks to both of you for talking about data. It's it's really one of the most important things that organizations across not just the federal government, but every level of government is uh, thinking about. And we're grateful for your time today. And your leadership in the area is critical. So we're most grateful for that, too. Especially, Nick, when you kiss up to Robert. No, uh, anytime. Tracy, I don't know why you put up with all three of us, quite frankly, in this, but we're grateful that you did. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.